This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I'm sitting here with Emily Morris from the Sex with Emily podcast. And you go on Loveline weekly, I am. correct? I am. I'm a guest co-host on Loveline on Thursday nights with Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood, which is a good time. And you're yeah. an author. I'm an author. I brought you my book, Yay. Hot Sex. Hot Sex. Yes. Who doesn't need a little hot sex? I thought, you know. And you're a sexologist. Is sexologist, that right? Sexologist, yeah. I have a doctorate in human sexuality. And I, I'm a sexologist, which means I study sex. I give advice about sex. So you can ask me anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure you know everything, but no. <laughs> Def- I definitely know everything. Everything. No, I feel like, I feel like, <clears throat> I'm trying to think how I feel. I feel like there was a time, okay, I feel like my relation, like, here's me over here on, okay. on the left, and here's sex over here on the right. And, like, we converged at a certain point. And then now we're just heading two different ways. That's what You're happens. Married. Yes, when you get married. And <laughs> like I think that's why I'm married and I'm older and I'm trying to get pregnant. Oh. And so, sex. I saw this billboard. I don't know what it was for. It was an ad for I don't know if it was Victoria's Secret or Guess or something. Where it was this girl like all dolled up in lingerie, and I just thought that thing that, bitch. that no no it wasn't that bitch I'm kidding. but that thing of like wanting to present that that sort of excuse me i don't know what's happening to my voice hang right. on <clears throat> i've been talking a lot today <laughs> that thing of of trying to lure someone with your looks it's so in my rear view right yeah, well, yeah cuz you got you got your husband how long right. have you guys been together we've been together um like 4 years but okay. we've been only been married since march okay but that's that's what happens, I think. I yes. mean, and that is why you know. First of all, so you're not that interested in sex either, is what you're saying right now. Or you've converged and gone past it. I or think, you still dress up and look hot. You're like, I got my guy. I mean, I get that. That's I think that's common that you're with yeah. someone and you're like. To, ah. to me, that when I saw that ad, I was like, oh, that reminds me of that thing where you have a where you just started seeing someone and you have a date with them and, and you're, you're like, all excited. Panties and underwear. All like, that. Yeah. I hate that word panties. <laughs> Sorry, I said that. But no. What yeah. word do you prefer? Well, I guess underwear panties seems like yeah. trying to take my panties. I don't right. Know. But to say, um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like to match. When, like when you first say you got to get new underwear or whatever. I get it. Right. And then the whole seduction thing. Right. But it's, I know that it shouldn't completely go away once shouldn't. you're married. It's just I think that also trying to get pregnant and I think all of that puts this real clinical Absolutely thing on, on it. sex. So you're like, it's like time to go right now. And I'm, you know, wearing a big t-shirt or whatever. I just go from work and you're not thinking about that stuff. And I think that is probably the most common issue that people have in relationships around sex is that they just, they just, you fall into this like comfort zone and you live together and you're married and you're like, oh, we've become one and you see each other do everything. Well, and then the person that you're in love with becomes family to you, which I think is such a wonderful thing. Well, that's been my experience. Right. Of it. My experience of it is that I love that I feel so comfortable or I love that Daniel is my family, but you usually, 
don't want to have sex with your family. I know. See, this is the problem. This and is, I'm not saying I don't want to have sex no, with I them. I just have I to say it. that because I feel like that's what it sounds like. But I'm just saying to keep that like ooh, romance mysterious. alive. Yes, exactly. Yes. And it is it is a challenge. It is something that you have to work at because people just assume it's so funny. I'm like, it's like every day people like find out and they find out like the world isn't flat because I get a million <laughs> calls a day or emails or you know love line. They're like. Um, we've been together, you know, four years or 10 years. I mean, just, I don't know what it is. Like we just no longer have sex. I don't want to have sex anymore. And it's just, this is, it's biology. It's biology. It's, it's, it's sociology. It is, um, society. We're just, when you live with someone, you live with science, basically, I was trying to say, not (laughs) sociology, but it's, it's interesting. It's, you're only, we're not really meant to, you know, we're meant to, that attraction phase ends. It's like your brain, if you study like the brainwave patterns of someone falling in love, like it's the same as someone who's like going insane. <laughs> we are crazy in love and the hormones and we're raging, but they don't last. It's like the dive. It's like any drug, right? Like really great at the beginning, right. first time you do it, like, Shh. so, and people are so surprised. They're like, but I understand, but we love each other and we rip each other's clothes off. But you just, it doesn't last. And so, and it sounds annoying that you're like, why the hell do I have to make an effort? But because the, the reason why it, it, there's so many reasons, but it's because one of the main, the main tenets of keeping sex hot and interesting is like the mystery and the anticipation and the excitement and the unknown. And for people who have a history of bad relationships, as I did for many years, the validation. Getting validated from your partner. Yes, right, that he's into you and that this is going somewhere and all of that. And I think it's so much, it's such a healthier way to go through life to not need that from another person. That's definitely where you want to get to. However, the hottest sex is when you're broken. <laughs> <laughs> when you're, when yes. you're, when, like when, you, when you make a breakup or just when you're. No, I just mean when you're a damn, like, I just like, mean. Like, like, like hookups and when you're not. When, good, like, when it's like. <clears throat> when you're not connected. Figu- no, when, when figuratively this is filling some kind of hole inside you, which is a, a poor way to put it right. since we're talking about sex. But I mean figuratively. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like when you're like, oh, when, when you crave male attention so badly and then when you get it and that makes you feel better, that's very right. hot. Although I think that that is not a good place to be in right. general. I know. I think so. And I think we all want validation in some ways. You know, it's still from our partner. We want to feel sexy. You know, you want to at least say, hey, you look pretty today. Or like, I think we all want compliments and stuff. And I totally get the male attention thing because I wouldn't do that for a long time. I feel like I've kind of gotten past it, especially starting a show – called sex with emily i was like i got a lot of attention after that i wasn't even trying i mean you know what i mean i was like oh my god i don't want to sleep with that no it doesn't mean you come to my show and we actually have sex but i think that there is something in that security you're right it's that security and that comfort but it also can kind of numb you sexually right so how do you keep that sex alive and how do you still make it interesting and that's why i always think like sex has to be expansive like it can't be something that you're like we always have sex the same way we always have you know dinner and go to this movie and we do the same thing and go to this park and we work out this way i think in life you have to always always be mixing things up and when i say that it's not like i'm saying you have to go out and buy some like crazy contraptions and you have to have a sex swing in your living room i mean you might but there's just like little things that you can do like you know, going away for the weekend, getting out of your house or having sex outside the house because you're always used to having it in your bedroom or doing it somewhere else or like learn. That's why like my book is like, and honestly, I wrote, I just brought it for you. It's like, I wrote it two years ago. You can buy it or not. I mean, I, I love it if you buy it, but I'm really just telling you that it's, it is the kind of thing that you just open to any page and, and there's a little thing you can do like, oh, tonight we'll like talk dirty or we'll try this position because I do think that, that, that the novelty of trying something new can make it interesting again and the excitement and then foreplay too. 
you know, when you're in a relationship for so long, it's like you just kind of go through the mode. You're like, you know, I know how she orgasms, he orgasms, and you're like, done, let's try on Sports Center or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, but there are just ways, you know, that you can still kind of keep it interesting, texting things that are kind of sexy. And it seems funny when you're like, it's family. Like, I've told you all this, like, oh, my God, he'd laugh at me if he, if he came home and I was in lingerie and making dinner. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but then you might get past it. And, you know, I know it's kind of funny when you're so close to somebody. Like, what are you doing? Really? Like, we're really going to talk dirty? <laughs> we're really going to role play? Like, you're going to be the nurse and I'm going to be the doctor? But it's kind of like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, you know, maybe try it. Try whatever it is. Like, if it's watching porn together or just trying something different and new. To keep, once a month. See, I'm not even saying every time. Just something. Because <laughs> it's because the thing is, the problem with it is that, you know, it's like a lot of people, and I'm not saying you because I don't know your history. It's just that you think like, well, everything's great. We're best friends. We get along so well. We, you know, like the same things. We have it all worked out. Like, you know, I pay the bills and he washes the car, whatever it is. But then, but the sex doesn't matter because we're best friends. But the truth is sex is such a connector and we need it. Like we actually need, you need that to keep your relationship going or you're just like roommates. But then there's all these people who are like, ah. it's like they get past the point in a return. Like we don't know how to get it back. And I think you can always get that back, especially if you had it at the beginning. And there's some couples, I'm like, well, were you really hot for him at the beginning? They're like, nah, not really. I'm like, okay, well, that could be a problem. But if you guys had it at the beginning, you can tap into that. You really can, if you want to. But right now, you're trying to get pregnant. That's like a whole nother word. And you're probably like, I don't know if you're taking like No, hormones. not yet, but I think that's like around the corner. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's stressful. And, like, and to be like scheduled sex or like the whole over you doing the whole like you know what time months are ovulate like you're really trying that it's like not yeah, as fun right like, that's right it's, sexy. Sched- it's like, scheduled honey it's 8 22 i'm ovulating i get it so you know maybe right now you put it on hold a little bit but don't forget that i'm just saying to everyone that you just if you're just thinking you're gonna coast along and it's always gonna be great it's like not like nothing stays at it. even like if you're let's say work out you do the same workout every day, like your muscles don't change, right? Mm-hmm. If you do the same, eat the same food every day, you'd be bored out of your mind. And if you have sex the same way, you're not going to have sex anymore. Yeah. It makes sense. Although I think that people get into people. <laughs> Some people get into sexual um, patterns just because you learn what works the best. So then it feels weird to totally deviate from that. But I get what you're saying that just the deviation the from deviation, that can exactly. introduce something new. Right. And maybe, and the thing also is that people think they know, like I can orgasm this certain way and this is how I always do it. But I think that a lot of women and men don't actually really explore their bodies in the ways that they can to find out like maybe you could have like an amazing orgasm like there's so many erogenous zones like the breast orgasm for example a nipple orgasm second most common orgasm there is like i've never had one what no exactly <laughs> but and i should second like, it's most on my list. common no really like, who are the people who are having I, these they, you know you get takes time you got to work on it maybe you can though and you what if like the back of your knee like what if there was a way he touched you and you could have these mind-blowing orgasms and you didn't know so what i'm saying is like we know this one thing and we go towards it but there's lots of different ways even if you had a lot of sex in the past maybe and it's like oh but i, I tried that position it didn't work but it doesn't might not happen the first time you try something new but right. you can always just like i said by expanding like massage is a great way to I actually brought you a massage candle. I don't oh, know if you had you. one. They're really have you ever had okay, no. so you know a lot of people don't know what they are, but they're just like regular candles. People are like I was brought one to my friend who was a kid, he's like six. She's like, don't open it in front of him. Like she thinks I'm gonna bring her like a vibrator <laughs> candle. I'm like, no, no, it actually looks like a regular candle and it burns it burns into massage oil. So it it's aromatherapy and you can it it's not waxy or sticky or messy or hot and you let it burn for a few minutes and then you blow it out and then you can pour it in your partner and it's like warm oil and oh, it's neat. moisturizing and 
And so that can be, I always say massage is a great like foreplay because even if you're not in the mood for sex, like, you know, like I've been really, really like, you're not in the mood. You're just not. And you're like, really? Like, come on. Because guys are like mostly, it, like it's easy. Like they well, think about it in the, the mood. Well, having, having it be so scheduled trying to get pregnant, it's like, I'm just like, okay, we've got to do that. Like right. it's, it's on like on the to-do list. Right, exactly. Which is and not so, hot. Not hot. Not hot at all. So that's why I'm like, well, maybe you take sex off the table for, or you just start warming each other up. Or a lot of times like when you get massage or your partner starts touching your back, like you can get warmed up and get into it and start to like explore just other parts of the body that feel good to be touched. And so that's what I always... You know, I just always talk about that, like just the and the foreplay thing. Like women need to get warmed up, and a lot of guys are like, "I'm just ready to go. Let's get this over with." But we need, even if it's like a sexy text in the middle of the day, like, "Hey, babe, like thinking about last night was so hot," or you know, thinking about that time we had sex. You know, let's we need a vacation again. It was so hot on the beach. I mean, just getting your mind. Like women also like. I know men are really visual, but women, I think, like our brain is our largest sex organ, so we're mm-hmm. always like, like if sexy words or sexy images or think they could guys telling you know or sexy or hot or i don't know whatever it is talking about sex can just you know get you excited again for it i but actually you're getting like that's a whole different thing like that's like i get that because it's stressful too yeah major stress have you been trying for a while um yes we've been trying kind of half-assed trying since end of january okay and it is now beginning of november um, I forget how long we gave it until we went to a reproductive endocrinologist. Okay. I think about somewhere between four and six months. I'm forgetting exactly. Um, and so now we're seeing someone who's helping. And we. I had to have surgery to have some polyps removed from my oh. uterus. And so now the plan is to just try naturally. Uh, and if that doesn't work, then I think go straight to IVF. But I just found out... See, this is all so deeply oh, oh, unsexy. I, know, no, I just I know, found right. out that I'm not ovulating, and I found that out oh. from me. Uh, there was this other test that I wanted to do to make sure sh- there's, there's a test they can do to make sure the sperm is getting where it's supposed to go. Right. And when I found out about that test, I was like, let's do this test before we even do the surgery on me because, hey, if that's not, you know, right. then why do this? Smart. Uh, but then the doctor explained that, no, you want to oh. you want to get that taken care of. It's, he put it like this. He said, if you're going on a road trip, you'd want to get your car tuned up. Like, meaning no matter what, right. okay. that needs to be fixed. So I was like, fine. So then I made the appointment for this test. And first, but they need to know when I'm ovulating. And I said, I can't get the sticks to change colors. So then they I went in for an ultrasound oh. to sort of look for the follicle. And then it looks like I'm not even ovulating so now I have to go back on Friday because they thought oh, maybe it was too so early. I'm sorry. So it's That's okay. a lot. But no, but it's not sexy when you're talking about sexy. Right. I get it. Like to him, at your part, you're like, oh, it becomes a thing. But it'll, you'll get it back. You yeah. Know, especially when you're pregnant. People get really turned on horny. Right. When they're pregnant. I know I can't, I've never been pregnant, but I, it seems like you wouldn't want to have sex at all. But people, all my friends are like, oh my God, I can't wait. I want it. Not like right. maybe the first time. push trimester. the baby back in. Yeah, exactly. Push it back in. I'm not ready for it yet at all. <laughs> So what is your story? What interested you in sexuality? In sex? I really, I had not, everyone's always walking around saying like, God, we had the best sex last night. I had the best sex of my life. And I kept thinking, I have not had the best sex of my life. Like, (laughs) what the hell do you all mean? And I've always been like a natural, inquisitive, like naturally inquisitive person about a lot of different things. And before this, I worked in, I worked in politics, but then I directed a documentary film about politics, and so I just loved the journalistic side of it, and I knew I wanted to do a project next, and it was like the first year podcasting was starting, like 2005, and I heard about it, and I thought, God, that would be really cool to do a show where I 
asking people about their sex lives and really it started with relationships and sex because I, you know, obviously they're very connected. And I've also never seemed like a lot of people I knew who were married who weren't that happy. And a lot of the culprit, the culprit was sort of sex, it seemed, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. And so anyway, it was a tie-in between me not having the best sex in my life and I friggin' wanted to. <laughs> I was jealous. I'm like, what do you mean you had 18 orgasms? And, and then also just relationships. And so I just, it really started as an interview podcast where I just invited people in my living room. Like, I didn't even know what, I found some guy on Craigslist who did sound. Like, I didn't know. And came over and I just started interviewing people and then just posted it on iTunes. And that's, that's how it all started. And really at the beginning, it wasn't that I was was the expert it was more like just asking everyone like in the sex field or married gay straight divorced you know phone text operators everything about sex and trying to learn and relationships and what makes it work and what doesn't so that's really how it started with just from this curiosity and I thought and then then you at the beginning like when you do a show it's like well who's your audience and I'm like who isn't my audience you know (laughs) you see everyone's like who isn't interested in sex you know like this will be you know obviously not that easy to like build the whole thing, like make a business out of it. But it was, you know, at the beginning, you know, it was really fun and I enjoyed it and I learned a lot. And then um, that's how it all started. And then I got a live show on um, soon after, like six months after on, on CBS Free FM in San Francisco. And then so I started doing that and that's how the whole sex filming thing started. And then I, and I was uncomfortable at first because, you know, we started taking calls. It was live. It was like 11 to 2 on Saturday nights. and Yeah, and I saw some of the show on, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, on this oh, show. Oh, Yeah, on Misadvised, which I was, was a Bravo. Bravo reality show that I watched. And it right. looked at the personal lives and professional lives of three people who give advice. Yeah, three and, single dating experts. Do we practice what we preach? Are we misadvised? So the right. show sets out to show that we're like full of shit and we don't want to laugh. And so there was one person in New York, one person in L.A., and then you were the one in Northern Sam, California. Yeah. And they showed you doing your radio show with, what's your co-host's name? Menace. Menace. Yes. Do you still work with him? You know what? Sometimes, it's funny. He just moved to L.A. and he is um, doing a radio show, The Woody Show, on like all... 98 something. Hmm. <laughs> I'm still learning LA stations. But yeah, it's funny. We weren't. So when I moved to LA about almost two years ago, I wasn't really, I was just doing, I've done so many, I've like 2,000 podcasts. I've been doing it for so long. And so I did, he's been doing it for me about five years, the show, but not every show. Some shows I just have guests. You know, you just do different right. types of shows. And then I also do with Anderson from Loveline. Oh, okay. Because he, I do my show right before Loveline on Thursday nights. So it's actually live streaming now and a podcast from 8 30, Pacific Standard Time, we have like the Ustream cameras going and mm-hmm. stuff. So a lot of times Anderson's on and he'll be like my sidekick, whatever, or I have a guest. So it's, I've done like so many different types of shows. But yeah, Menace and I do like once a month we do a show together now. So when it was the radio show, was um, the format always calls? It was, you know, it was funny. It was so I, yeah, it was calls and guests. Like I had, when I started the podcast, it wasn't like I dreamed of being on the radio. It was just kind of a fun like extension of documentary filmmaking I thought just asking questions and learning and maybe people listen who knows and I love radio and then when I went on free FM I which was now no longer business CBS you guys have that here CBS radio mm-hmm. whatever it was 11 to 2 yeah and then it was I'd have, a, I'd have callers first you know open up with like a monologue and then I have callers all night and then I have a guest sometimes and so that was the format yeah but it's changed over the years after you know so then I was on free FM they went to business and I was another CBS station uh, Alice in San Francisco serious and then my podcast just started doing well to the point where i could just like monetize it and say f that i don't need to like what change, I don't want to work. what happened with your podcast that it's it started taking off i decided to focus on not being an artist and that i needed to actually make money and make, <laughs> monetize it because it was getting really dire um no i really that's really what happened is that i how i always did well like it, you know it's gotten better like 
the content over. I mean, the um, not the, maybe the content's gotten worse now. It's gotten better over the years. But I really, I mean, this sounds sort of maybe naive, and I was naive. Is that I read this book when I graduated from college, and it said, um, "Do what you love." It was called "Do what you love, the money will follow." And my whole thing in life was always about how am I going to make a difference in this world. Like, I always knew that I'd be working because my mom always raised me, like, never let a man take care of you, which was a lot of my misadvised plot, <laughs> which is actually true. Like, she was like, you can never rely – because she went through all these bad marriages and and uh, never rely on a man to take care of you. And then my dad, he's a lawyer. He died when I was younger, but I don't think he liked being a lawyer. So I was like, okay, never rely on anyone else, not even a man, just anyone. And I better love what I do. So I've always been on this quest, like how some people are always looking for love. I was looking for, like, my true professional love. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did the podcast, it was, like, for four hours. I invited all these people over, and I'm like, this is it. I found it. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. And that's how the um, – wait, what would you ask me? The, I just lost my train of thought. The radio show started. I asked, oh, you, I oh, asked what changed that oh, where changed the podcast. Monetized. Okay, right. So right. then it's always – but here's the thing. It was so naive because it was doing well, but I was kept doing it every week. And even when I was on the radio, I was still doing another one. But I was so thinking, do what you like. Oh, it's doing well. The money is just going to like come down the chimney or people are going to start giving, throwing dollar bills at me. And I realized that like, God, I really have to start, you know, I had, I wasn't making money. And it was, it was tough. I was like really struggling for a while. And I was like, okay. And I had this friend that it was like, I had a lot of really smart friends, San Francisco tech people. And they're like, okay, Emily, you're complaining about money, but like how much time do you spend being creative and how much time do you spend on like the financial? I'm like, okay. I think I spend 98% of the time like writing blogs and prepping for the show and maybe 1% uh, thinking, you know, 1.5% stressing out money, maybe half a percent trying to find advertisers or whatever. I didn't really get it, the model. And then I think just, you know, it was kind of like my rock bot. I was like, I've got to figure this out. And then I just started, you know, it was kind of scary to me. I'm like, I don't know. How do I, I didn't get radio and advertising. And I did all on my, I really, I, I didn't have like a paid employee until a few years ago. It was really just you know, myself building this, it's, I'm sort of a work. I am a workaholic. And, um, and that's what it was. It was like, it was necessity. And so well, now I think, tell me if this fits for you. Okay. I think there's this feeling because, and the reason I'm saying this is you described yourself as you had to stop be, being such an artist and be right. more. There's, there's almost this feeling that actively pursuing money, money is crass and yes. Not only crass, but, like, the more you try to chase it, the more it'll go away. Like, it's elusive, yeah. so you just have to be in the zone of loving what you do, and it'll find you. Right. It's almost a wake-up call to find out that's not true. I know, and it was <laughs> sort of a bummer. But but then the tr- truth is, I was like, God, I mean, because he was so, he's like an investment banker. He was like, really? He's like, Emily, really? Like, level with me. I had written a business plan. I mean, in a way, I just kept thinking, but everyone loves my show. I've got so many downloads, and, and I'm helping right, people. Right, like that will magically like, translate. Yeah, and I even at some point I had an advertiser saying to me, I mean, God, this is so like, saying to me, we would like to pay you $2,000 a month to put this banner on your site. And I really, at the time, had no money that I was like, I can't even afford to hire someone to put up your banner. I mean, it was just really twisted thinking. and But yet I was, I, I did three iPhone apps and wrote a book and was shooting a reality show. But yet I still couldn't spend the time to sit, you know, I'm just sort of scattered. And so, yes, it is sort of a bummer to realize that you actually have to work on it. But the truth is, now I am making a living doing what I love. The money didn't just 
follow, like drop down, you know, right. drop in my hands, grow on trees. It's like the opportunities but, appear if you're doing what you love, but you still have to make them. Yeah, I gotta focus happen. on it. I mean, I get so like literally focused on like oh, like making a good show. Like I used to prep, and this is early on too. You know, being on the radio, I was like ten hours. Like I'd do a show at three hours on Saturday nights. I'd prep ten hours that day. I mean, now <laughs> like five minutes before, I'm like, okay, what, you know, right? So you get that's it. That's so funny. Yeah, that's what I. So my this podcast started for me as a Ustream show out of my living room in oh, Brooklyn. Okay. It, I would do it once a week for three hours. And, yeah, I would begin so prepping funny. that morning for the show that night versus now where right. it's not like that. Yeah, now you're like, okay, who's on the show? No. Yeah. You're like, what's your name? <laughs> Emily what? Sex? What? No, so, no, I get it. So, yeah, exactly. So that's sort of what it was. And now Some I feel like that's I've... the difference. For me, though, that was kind of the difference of I didn't have anyone helping me. So when, when you're wearing all the hats, it's like you have to – for me, I had to start prepping earlier in the day to kind of – because I'm right. like, I'm going to begin juggling at 7 o'clock. Right, exactly. And I never had help. I mean, I had interns for a long time. I still have interns, which is, which is really fun. I mean – I'm like, hey, can you go home? It was funny because even Dr. Drew, like, you have so many interns. Like, what do they all do? What do they get? So I'm like, I tell them to go home and take this vibrator, masturbate it with it, and then come back and write a blog about it. It's not so bad. We know it's fun. We were joking about it. But, you know, no, they write. They write blogs. They do everything. My interns are, are you know, they're, they're amazing. But it's it's fun. And so I, um, yeah, but I never had any help. And I really always, and I, but then I would get help or, like, I sign with a big, you know, talent agency in L.A. or I'd do it. I'm like, they're going to help me. And there's a certain, I don't know, as a woman, too, if you've had this, like, this person's gonna like save me, or this person's gonna. If this is yes. gonna make it all happen, I know exactly. And I'm like, oh, I know more now than you that know I side with this, this is now that this, this or now they have a reality. No one ever really. It's like kind of not that you can't rely on people and hire at people, but but they you don't make stuff happen. It. No, they don't make stuff happen. Yeah, I've been all. around the agent manager thing yeah. enough to know that you ultimately. And I remember when I a long time ago I asked, um. Larry Miller, who I was debating whether I can say. I think I can. I think I can, though. I was like, try, I'm like, I'm trying to choose between this manager and this manager. And, and I think he essentially said, let me tell you something. They're all the same. It's true. <laughs> and that's kind of been my experience. But I think lawyers, for, agents, right, managers, like this one. Right. But I think for me, I have to get past the like being irritated with why isn't anyone doing anything because they just don't. They just don't. They don't. You, and if they could, They'd probably be doing something other than what they're doing. Right. They're there to kind of make, help what's already happening to happen better. Exactly. I guess. But they, but they don't. But they don't. Like, I guess because it was so stressful, even at the beginning, when I know you know, even still now it's stressful. Like leaving. The, I mean, it's crazy all the time. It's just there's so much going on, which is great. I'm blessed. There, uh, it's a lot going on. But I also, yeah, I kept thinking like I, and also I was really naive to the. And there's nothing I'm naive about. I was living in San Francisco for 20 years, so I'm not really – I'm in entertainment, but I'm sort of in a bubble. So mm-hmm. I never lived in L.A. I never – I didn't get that like, oh, it's all about rejection and you think you're going to get this and it's not. And I just thought like, oh, when I signed with this big eight, that's going to help. But I was in San Francisco, so I didn't know to like call my agent every day or they should call me calling – and the truth is, even if I did, they still probably wouldn't. Die. I'm a small fish in this big pond. Is that what you're supposed to do? Call them every that day? People do talk to their agents every day. And I was like, oh, well, they'll get back. They'll let me know. But no, even misadvised, I got, was, came to me on my own. How did that happen? They just, um, they were casting for it and they Googled and found me. And it was like a whole thing, like, you know, tryouts and Skype and call Skype things. And, but then I brought it to my agent and then they were happy to manage it. But right. it was, um, it, it just, every, even my book and my product line, it wasn't anything that, so then I'm like, why do I even need, you know? But yeah. I think I'm also, but I do have this thing of like saving, like this will make it better. That'll make, and then you just realize it's not, and it sounds really bad because it's not that you can't rely on anyone. It's just that you, 
Sure. That you, it's also, you shouldn't, you can't, no one's going to do it as good as you are. And it's your baby, it's your brand, you know, and like, they're not going to, they're not going to know it as well as you do. But there are people that can like, you know, help you in certain ways, but like, no one's going to like save me so I can like go on vacation for a month or something. Right. Well, what so is that? What is the dream of being saved? You know, I think that it's, it's like. I feel well. I also take on too much. Being the work, I always like. Even in college, I would like take too many courses, and I say yes to everything. Like just like that was like my motto. Mrs. Advice. Emily says yes to everything, but <laughs> monogamy or whatever, which isn't totally true. I do say yes to monogamy if it happens to be the right situation. But um, I think I take on a lot, and I don't. Um, I don't always know how to manage it all, and so I think. I Oh, well, I think I've gotten better at this, but I think I didn't always trust that I knew what, what I was doing because I really didn't. I, didn't. I mean, the first time I was on the radio, I'd never even been in a radio station. I didn't even know that much about sex when I started. I mean, I knew some, but you know what I mean? So I always felt like I, someone else, I mean, it's been 10 years now, I got my doctorate, I feel like I can, you know, now I can call myself an expert, but I think I just always felt like I need, I was needed help because I maybe didn't trust that I was making the right decisions um, professionally and and when I have so many choices and I'm so overwhelmed, I'm like, well, someone else will know better. And then you realize, wait, I have all the answers. Trust your gut. Oh, that's such a huge, huge. thing. Huge. We for don't me. trust our gut and being in touch with our gut. You, you say we. Do you think that's a women, women, woman thing? I think it's women. I think it's everyone. But I do think. But in I a will. Way, it's I'll women do that thing where I'll question. ask. I'll go to like eight different quote unquote experts right. to get advice about something. And at a certain point, it's like, what am I? What am I looking for anymore here? I probably already know the answer. Right. And and this was, but for me, all of that asking people is sort of that's that is my process that's to figure my process out too. what my decision is. But it's it does feel like a waste of time, and it's giving your power away, right. and it's you know. And sometimes you ask too probably. many people. No, I do the same. I oh my god. Then I you get have, confused, or you feel like, well, actually, I don't agree. Like you feel beholden to someone, right? Because they helped you. Yes. And then also, I found myself. I went. Oh god, it's been through so many iterations where I would just take one person. Like he seems really smart. I do when doing enough research, and then I take his whole thing, and I think he's right. So I should build my website this way, and then. You realize, like, no, you know, he may not be this. And then I would talk to everybody, and then I get confused and overwhelmed because I had like all these notes, you know. Yes. And then it's just like, what do I want? What? And then, and I think in life, this is the hardest question to answer for everybody. Like, no matter what you're doing, no matter what the issue is, is is what do you want? And I don't know why that question is. It could be like anything. Like, where do you see your life, or what kind of partner do you want, or what kind of car do you want, or like, what do you want your what life to look like? Or if you're single. What do you want in a partner? Because so we spend so much time like we want someone to want us and to be attracted to us. But like really like what what do I want? Where is it going? Like so you have a show of sex with Emily and you're trying to make it, make it, make it. But like stop on that. Like again, this like treadmill. It's like what what do I want? Like, right. What, like, do you know what I mean? Do you have a hard time answering this? Like, oh, totally. Say you, That's like, the hardest. It should even... be so easy. What do I want? Why don't I know? But you find that hard too? I had this epiphany a long time ago. Not a long time ago. I don't know how many months Last ago. Last week. No, <laughs> right. no, I, I don't know. Maybe like five or six months ago where I just thought, what are the main things that I want out of life? I don't know if it was – I can't remember what the time frame was. But right. like what are the big projects I want to be devoting my energy to? Because I feel like – when you say that, the treadmill, at that point, I've, it's like there's these big projects I want to get done, 
or these sort of professional right. goal, professional and personal goals that I have, and yet I feel like I spend my time responding to tweets, writing right. back to emails, maybe like trying to buy something online, and none of it really having to do with the main things. So like if I can just clear the clutter and be like, you know, this, 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 and this, at least these, this is the direction I'm trying to go. And that made it feel so much simpler for me to just remember that. Oh, and then I made a list of what are the things that pull me off of the path? Because I realized there are certain patterns where I start going down, you know, down these rabbit holes, and then I feel even more confused and more further and further away from where I'm headed. So yeah, it's very, there's so many distractions right now. Right. Phone. I know I'm like tweeting. Like, why are you tweeting then? If you have to write, you know, this article right now for glamour or whatever. I write this glamour column, the sex column. And I'm like, but I'm, I have to answer all my tweets. But I get obsessed with emails because I'm so bad at responding. Finally, I have like a really good assistant, which took me a long time too. But it's like, she can't answer everything. And there's just, every life is a distraction right now. I yes. mean, like your phone, your car, your e- emails, the, the inst- all the, and, and, and it's part well, of our job too, Instagram and Twitter. And- but it's really easy. The thing that surprises me is I'll have a day off and I will feel like I did stuff all day, but really I wasn't really doing anything, but it's like, I don't get bored because I'm just, just, just bouncing around the internet and then like riding the exercise bike and taking a shower and going like running an errand or something. But I don't know. Do you I feel, feel bad like, about those? Like, do you feel like they're no? Really t- I really love them. Actually, right. oh, good. okay, good. No, because you need to take time out. We all do, you know. Like, you need to. But I mean, there are some people I talk to, and they're like, "I was kind of bored today," or "I was a relaxing day at work." I'm like, "What does that mean?" It's been you so know? long since I felt bored. I've never. I know. I've never felt. There's always so much to do, but I think like there's too much to do, and I, but that's like kind of my issue. That I think that I am always very. I get very easily overwhelmed, and I overwhelm myself. Mm-hmm. I remember a therapist said that to me once. I was like, "Yeah, I've been." in out of therapy my whole life just my whole family was like go to therapy it was like very pro therapy that was like our religion was therapy ah, I've said that about my family really? our religion was therapy oh my I've god said are that we really best thing. friends are yes, we really we are okay good <laughs> um, so yeah like really like 10, they got divorced when I was 10 like going to therapy like my dad and I go to therapy and I remember I said I guess I get, so over- I get so overwhelmed I was like 26 she's like you overwhelm yourself I was like huh and at the time I was like that's bullshit I <laughs> but she's kind of right like this I no one else is Saying like, yes to everything. Does that mean that you create these? I create the the, 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 the chaos. chaos. Yeah, that's the bottom line, and I need to learn to not. And I think I'm getting better. I'm get. I am getting a, a better. You know, the last few years has been better. Better support, better team, knowing when to like say no to things. Or at least I'm working on that. Like I don't say yes to everything. That are you ask. afraid of missing out on something? Is that no, why I don't have yes? FOMO? I don't have FOMO. Fear of missing oh, out. Oh, I'm like. Have you heard of that? I mean, it's such I an have, term. Yes. <laughs> I don't have fear of missing out. I just have fear of like this could be the thing that's gonna take my show to the next level. Or that's gonna help. Yes. Or I this know could exactly be the. Mean. You know what I mean? Like if I don't, or also it's more of like letting people down and saying no. Like oh, but they're so nice and they they like the show and they asked me to be on it, so I'll say yes. Like I'll be doing these things and like, now my assistant. She's going to help me, like, vet things more. I've had students who have helped. She's like, why are you going to this thing and wherever, wherever? I'm like, he's do you, so nice. He was on my show once. He was do like, you do, like, like every live TV spot will you do? If, if like, Geraldo calls and is like, we need you tomorrow at this time he, or whatever, would her, you? Is still on the air? I don't want I don't know if he is or not, but I, mean, I just mean. No, if I can, I, I, I mean, TV's good. I would try to, but I... No, I don't say yes to every interview anymore, no. But, I, you know, I do a lot of press requests, so... 
I, I like, but I like doing those because they're writing now. So I get like every day I get questions from like Cosmo, men's health, women's health, like about, you know, fitness, shape, men's fitness, shape, about sex questions. I'm kind of like, and that was kind of like my dream when I started. I was like, I want to be like the next Dr. Ruth. You know, I want to be help everyone have better sex, help myself have better sex. But now it's like, the good thing is when reporters do this, they send, you don't, you don't have to talk. They send you the questions that are written out. You probably get, the, and so I could just answer them. And I actually enjoy writing and enjoy doing it. But sometimes it's like, I have 10 of them. And then I'm writing like for an hour each hour. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's been a whole day. And then they, they forget to like, you know, hyperlink my name and the article. Right. I'm like, really? I just spent. That's interesting that it's all email now. Because so I was, I was a journalist for years. Mm. And people would ask, can you email me the questions? And to me, that was always worst case scenario. I suppose we can do this on How email. Funny. But it was always better to do it on the phone. But now I'm thinking, why? Right. I think because. You wanted the I always wanted the quote to sound real conversational. You're right. As opposed to written. But I can but I but think I'm giving things advice. Have it was also right. it's different. If you were doing more like trying to get someone's An interview. personality. Exactly. And for me, they're not like Emily is this or that. It's more like An expert. What are the three best ways for a woman to have an orgasm? Right. What are the three best positions or like what do you think about sexting or is sexting hurting or pornography bad, you know, that kind of thing. Right. So they don't really you know, it's five, and it helps them too because then they just pull my quotes. Right, it's totally easier. To, I mean, it's, oh I'm God, sure it's a thousand times so easier. Much easier. Yeah, I'm like, can you? They always start off. Can you set up a time? And now I know. I'm like, well, I just email them to me, and then I can like do my leisure. So I spend a lot of time doing that. But yeah, I have started saying saying no to things, but it still it still is hard. And I also realize I've no like I've been here. And so the reason why I moved to LA, I was in San Francisco for so long, and I really thought like I don't have to move to LA because and that's like all my friends are there. I was there for so long. I thought. But you're from Michigan. Okay. And I'm then from Michigan. Where'd you go to college? I went to the University of Michigan. And then I moved to San Francisco after college. Why San Francisco? Because I wanted to work in politics. And there was and I love the outdoors and mm-hmm. biking and camping and hiking and all that stuff I used to do. And um and there was it was the year of the woman, Barbara Boxer and Diane Feinstein. I wanted to work for women. There was only two women in the Senate when I graduated from college and I thought like, how is that possible? How are there I was always like women's rights, women's mm-hmm. live, all that stuff. And I still am feminist. Um but I, yeah, I was reading the paper in New York Times my senior year, and it was like, Year of the Woman, Barbara, Barbara Boxer, Diane Feinstein, Nancy Pelosi, they were all running in San Francisco. And I always loved it. I was there once when I was 15 at the chocolate, I remember Ghirardelli Chocolate Factory. I'm like, this is the best place ever. <laughs> but I loved it, and whatever. And I just got in my car, and dr- I didn't know anybody, and I drove across country to San Francisco. And was your mom like, what are you doing? You know what? No. I wish she, my fam, my mom is so, that's the other thing. She's so, she's like. Well, if you don't like it, come back. Like, I never had, I never had, like, overbearing, aggressive parents. My mom was like, eh, if you don't like it, you know, she's always like, do what you want. Not that she didn't care. She's, my mom's a career woman, and she's very focused, but I think she was kind of like, if you don't like it, you'll you'll come back, and mm-hmm. I never did. But she was pretty cool with it. And I've always just sort of, I like going places where I, I think I'm really scared, and I take risks, and I don't know anyone, which is really can be stressful. I think I put myself into those stressful situations. You create this. But I do. I do. I'm like, I'm going to go out there and I don't know anyone of any money. My little geoprism with like everything I own in my car. Do you remember geoprisms? They're like, I'm trying to remember. horrible cars. I had one and my friend was like, do you know the only rental agencies have those cars? Those are my car to college. I'm like, that's really bad, isn't it? But I, um, I got there and I just started volunteering for Barbara Boxer's campaign. And then I worked in politics for like eight years. For And then I got. What were you doing in politics? I was running. Well, when I started, I was just a volunteer, like helping raise money. And then I was the issues director for our city councilwoman and. I was, like, at City Hall, like, a, a supervisor's aide, supervisorial aide at City Hall. And then I ran campaigns. I was on um, 
Willie Brown when he was running for mayor and a bunch of other you know, like little projects and campaigns for different people. But Did, then I realized it was all about raising money and that was like, I hated asking for money, hence the business part of it. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. like asking for myself, but then I'm like, half, you know, raising business part of it. I'm like, these people just care about the next election. They're like sort of disillusioned with politics. That's what I was going to say. Did you become disheartened? I it did. Like you did. I did. Were yeah. you idealistic going into it? I was so idealistic. I'm like this, because I really always thought that I, I had to do something since I always thought I'd be working, that it's got to be something that I'm passionate about because how boring to have like a job that you hate. I just thought to me that would be the death. Like that was my biggest fear that I would like have some dead end job that just made me miserable. So I've definitely never been miserable and bored, but I've always taken on a little more than I can chew. I've always like, because I didn't, I was like 24 and I was the mayor's right hand person at City Hall. Like with a, like it was pretty intense and it was 24 seven, but that's, I realized that's what I let, that's obviously my energy and what I do. And so, um, yeah, but it was, it was, it was pretty intense and stressful. And then I became, oh yeah, but what I, I did think this is, I'm making a difference. Like I'm working for really good candidates and I, I would cry during their speeches. Like <laughs> this matters so much. And, and it does, you know, I mean, it's important to, to vote. It's election day. It's important to be a part of it and to understand it. But, um, after a while I was like, they just really care about money. And, and it's true though. You need the money. You need just like, I need the money. We need the money to get elected. But I, get I just was kind of, I got bored. Of it, I really I get like I was like I'm moving on. Yeah, and then I went backpacking through Southeast Asia and went meditating. It's so funny. So I I was just meditating in the parking lot <laughs> when I got here. That's why you're it, so calm now. Just kidding. Do I see? <laughs> no, I'm so not calm. You don't seem calm. No, because what happened was they came out. They're like, um, oh, can you move your car? Because Adam was leaving. Oh, he was trying to leave. And in the get middle out. of your meditating. Yeah, I can't believe him. But he was like Sorry. apparently trying to get out. But I literally was sitting there meditating. I didn't know. <laughs> and they're like, move. I'm like, oh god, I'm so sorry. I'm meditating. Yeah. No. That's so anyway, funny. but I went backpacking and I was just trying to figure out like what I want to do next. You know, like the existential like twenties mm-hmm. crisis, and so I did that, meditated, and tra- traveled. And did you go by yourself? Yeah, I did. Yeah, for like nine months. Wow. I know. Is that crazy? All by yourself? All by myself. That's, to, like were Malaysia you and Laos, and Indonesia. No, I met because you meet a lot of people when you travel around, and I met mm-hmm. a lot of different. We're like the only country that doesn't take that time off in between. Not the only, but one major country that does not take the break between <laughs> college, between high school and college. Yeah. And so there was like a lot of Europeans, Australians, like Israelis, and and myself. And I was actually a little bit older because a lot of them were like 22. I was like 25 at the time. But I met people at that time. It seems very, like a big age difference. But they were like, wow, you're 20. <laughs> but they all did it. And they were traveling and you stayed in hostels and you get like little, like you're like on the beach in Thailand, like for $5 a night. You know, it's all about like getting a deal. And it was just fun. fun. Yeah. Like Laos and it, Vietnam had just opened to the, to the world. And it was really cool. And I was like trying to figure out, writing my journal fiercely about like what I want. I've always just been like, what's the next big thing? And then I came back and I thought, Willie Brown, who was the mayor a long time ago, thought <laughs> he's a fascinating character. And San Francisco politics in its own right is actually like a small nation. It's really it's very left. There's no Republicans. Like it's like Republicans, a small R, but they're they're just great characters. And I thought I'm going to make a documentary film, which I had never done. See, I do these things I've never done, and I have no help and no training. So I thought I'm going to make a film about Willie Brown running for his second election. And then I know what. And then I asked him, and he said yes. And I was like, well, what the hell do I do? And I took a film class, and then my teacher started shooting for. It took me four years. I shot like <laughs> 200 hours. And, Anyway, and then after that was when Sex with Emily, I was like, okay, film is a nightmare. That was so hard. I had to raise all the money. And then I, I just like talking to people. I want, interv- I want to find out answers to things I care about, and that's how I started. So you have a doctorate. 
Yes. From the Advanced Study for Human Sexuality Institute for, for yeah, the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality <laughs> in San Francisco. Is Sex that school. like an actual brick and mortar yeah. college? And yeah, everything? it is. I mean, it's bricks, a few bricks. It's one building. <laughs> it's um, yeah. I mean, it's a real, it's a real school. Got my real doctorate, and it's um, but it's not like you know, it wasn't Yale. Um, but it was, you know, it was a three-year program. It wasn't, and it was the kind of thing you could do a lot of it at home. I could three months a year, three weeks, three times a year, I had to go for three weeks at a time for three years. And then there's all this homework and you had papers and dissertations and stuff. So what was your main, um, your my main thing on? was about female pleasure, which is still my main thing about sex education and how women are not, I mean, this wasn't my main, but it was it's like, I believe that the biggest, one of the biggest issues that people have with sex is that women, and I guess I'm talking more about like heterosexual, but it happens with all kinds of couples, is that women are not, first of all, sex education is abysmal in America. I didn't, I don't know, like I didn't learn anything at all in We had it sex. in first grade. Oh my God. I went to not. a private school okay. from kindergarten through eighth, though. We had it in first grade. I think that's probably about yeah. it. And it was just, it was very yeah. old fashioned. Fifth grade with the, is so young. I, usually it's like fourth or. I'm pretty sure it was first, Maybe. but it was like a picture of an egg right. and a sperm. That that thing, which apparently I'm not producing, and a picture of a oh, you know. You um, thank you. Don't worry about it too much. Try to meditate. No, I know meditation. Yeah, I mean, it are. just looked like a planet and like a little fish right. or something. Like, you know? I don't know what that means about my pl- so. I think that women we don't learn. I, at least my I feel that women in my generation, our generation, socialize that it's about the man's pleasure right. and looking good for them and making them feel good. But what about our own bodies and exploring and masturbation? Like masturbation, like I remember like Joyce and Elders was the Surgeon General during the Clinton administration. It was like she said mas- masturbation should be whatever. And then she got like, you know, fired. What did she say? It should she be. said something like masturbation should be taught in schools or I'm trying to remember what the exact fight was. It was like something about masturbation should be like taught. And she's right. I mean, it should be talked about in schools mm-hmm. because I mean, not that like you have to guy boys figure it out. That's the thing. Boys are like, Oh, this looks fun to play with. It's hard. <laughs> I'm, I'm already having, but women, I think it's a little more, you might figure it out. You might not, you don't really get it. And then also when you start having sex, women, I used to always believe too, that it was like the guy's responsibility to give me an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to know, and he's a bad lover if he doesn't know. But really, I didn't know my own body. Like, I never masturbated, first of all. That's the other thing. It never even occurred to me. Like, growing up, I wasn't even like, oh, yeah, I think. I'll. So I'm like, why didn't anyone ever suggest it? You know, most people figure it <laughs> out. Like, there's like those women who are like, I was riding a bike and I had an orgasm when I was five. I'm like, oh, I hate you. Like, why did that happen to me? <laughs> but I feel like there's so much to learn that women need to prioritize their own pleasure and then be able to communicate to their partners. Learn your body. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's expansive, too. Like, there's so many different ways that you can, like, orgasm. Or women try once or twice and, like, I can't do it. And once you know your body, then you can have better sex. Tell your partner, this is what I'd like. Show them. But it just doesn't happen a lot. Women feel... Like, they'll be shamed by a guy if they show that they know sex or they like sex. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I definitely think it's changing a lot. Now women just have sex like porn stars, I've heard. <laughs> all my friends who are in their, in their, like, 30s and 40s, or my friends in their 40s who are dating girls in their 20s are like, they all have sex like porn stars. Like, I don't even know if they're having fun. They just look and sound like porn stars. What does that mean? Like, it very, means a like, lot of, like, very like dramatic, like moaning and dramatic. Theatrical. Because that's now how kids are learning about sex. Because that, makes, that makes me sad. It's so sad. It's so sad because that's right. Like, like it's next, a performance each time. Yeah, it's a performance. So like really, it's like I'm with. I don't know if they're faking it. I, I 
And I'm like, oh, that probably are. They must be right. But, That's my but, assumption. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of women do. Don't fake it. But a lot of women do. You do because you're just like retired. You want to get over with. But I get it. But it's. But I think that there's this way now that it's like, oh, well, now they've got porn. But porn and I don't have a problem with porn. I think it can be a very useful tool for many people, couples, individuals, guys. And women get so tripped up on their partners using watching porn because they're like, Am I? Do you want me to look like that person? Are you not attracted to me? But for men, it's just kind of like, I want you know, it's a release. I understand that, but also it can be a problem when that's how young boys and women are learning how to technically have sex. Like it might arouse you, right? But I'm looking at it going, okay, his penis is like nowhere near her clitoris or her jeans. Like there's no way she's having an orgasm. You know, like yeah. that, they're thinking like think of it as an impressionistic painting. Yeah, it's impressionistic. <laughs> it's, right, not exactly. a it's not like a real like you shouldn't be technically learning. Like I'm okay if you get off. But you're not learning anything really technical. But that's they can watch porn anytime on their phones when they're like 13, you know. So that kind of bums me out that there isn't like, and that's what I want my show to be. And I think it is my podcast. I really do get into you know it's entertaining and fun. I'm not like clinically as you can tell sitting around, but I am trying to help people have have better sex and learn how to like communicate and know their own bodies and different tips and tricks to to get there because. You know, sex dies, libido changes. People get in relationships with people who have mismatched libidos. So he wants it more than she does. She wants it more than he, or it changes over time. And people don't know how to communicate about it at all. Like they just, you know why? Is because it's so great at the beginning. You're like, oh my God, but we would never have to talk about it. But then when it's not, they're like, oh, it's swollen. It's so uncomfortable still. And it's still seen as so... Like shameful, I think, in our society, right. and there is such a we're such a um, puritanical society in a lot of ways, and we're also very um, contradictory in the way that we are puritanical, but yet porn is like the number one thing that sells on the internet. Like sex is everywhere, but yet we can't talk about it. So it's just I think it's confusing messaging. I think you're right too. How did you start doing Loveline? Um, I started doing Loveline. I'm trying to think is because well, I always really admired Loveline because I remember going and talk to. Um, when I first came to or signed with my agent, they were like introduced me to do you know Max Krasny, who was at Westwood One for a long time. I don't he, think I do. He's a producer of, Love. and so my agent and he's like, you know, Loveline, and I always love Loveline. I'd listen to it, and he was like, well, Loveline was. I was just starting Sex with Emily and doing the radio show. He's like, well, it was on for ten years before it actually got syndicated. I'm like, oh my god, ten years? That's a long time. <laughs> and so that's how I knew it. And then when they were looking for, they were looking. for maybe for another female co-host permanent but they weren't sure and they brought me in and I don't remember how they maybe they just someone recommended me I can't remember and then I went in and then they were like come in every Thursday and now I feel when Drew's not there or they just want me to come in and I love it I love doing live radio there's like nothing like it's my favorite night of the week let's talk shit about Dr. Drew for a minute one of my favorite things to do okay I do love I love the man right but have you talked to him before about your personal life and have you walked away from it being like, I didn't realize I was so fucked up. Thanks, Drew. I feel like every, I feel like I refer to it as getting <laughs> Dr. Drewed. I feel like I'll ask him a question and then he kind of catastrophizes everything. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Sometimes. Or I am super fucked up. I don't We're know. We're all fucked up, by the way. P.S. If you know that. Not fucked up in a bad way. We all have challenges and issues and struggles. You know, the Buddha said there is the universal law of suffering. So if you ever, like, take yoga, all that shit, that's what it's about. We all suffer in some way. Our minds are – and so, therefore, 
you know, he can maybe see it, but he's not always right either, you know? Right. That's the thing. I feel like he deals with... he. He cut his teeth on super fucked up people. Yeah. So then when you just bring him your garden variety question, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, like really? you're obsessed. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, I'm just true. Right. No, I, I have been. I absolutely have been. And I was actually telling him about this new kind of therapy that I was doing. And he's like, that's bullshit. Like the other day or something. I'm like, what is really? the new therapy? It's CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, where you like learn to change. I've been in therapy. Have you ever done it? Speaking of therapy family? I think that one of the therapists that I went to was a cognitive was a cognitive therapist. Is CBT a it's specific like, form of yeah, it or is it know, just like a cognitive yeah, therapist? No, it's like, it's, it's CBT is a certain, it's cognitive, so it changes, it's like, so you train Changing your, your perception mind. of something. Yeah, so like, what are the triggers when something happens, for example, God, like she gives me assignments every week, which I hate, but that's good because I'm kind of, I'm a procrastinator too, which is really bad, but I'm getting better at it. Um, <laughs> sort of, but you, no, I'm not. But she, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying so hard. No, but she'd be like, okay, so like it's basically changing those thoughts that you have right before you're about to do that right, behavior that's destructive. Thoughts. And so why do you do that? And so every time you find yourself, you know, procrastinating, you're making excuses, like write it down, you know, but I like procrastinating on that. So right before the, <laughs> like a week goes by and I'm like, shit, I got to write all the notes of the stuff I was supposed to do this week. I look at my calendar. I think it's okay. He's like, that's bullshit. You know what you need? I was actually away this weekend. I'm really good. For, I've become good friends with him and his wife and mm-hmm. We were away this last weekend, which sounds really funny. Everyone's like, oh, threesome. But we went to Mexico, which is random. But they had like an extra ticket. And then my girlfriend came from San Francisco and he's like, you got to try this therapy. So I get it. And I think that he does think he's right. But then I'm like, oh, wait, what's the the kind of therapy he said? I think he said the same thing Um, to me. Emotional emotional something. Yeah. Did he give you the name of someone? Yeah. I haven't called her. I haven't either. But (laughs) did he give you the name of someone? Yeah. It's probably the same person. Oh, my God. Probably. I would but like I to was go like to emotional her. attachment because yes. my issue. And, but yes. we have very similar issues. So no, he hasn't totally. And I was on a show and I told him all my like my childhood and like all this. I had really met, who didn't raise your hand if you didn't have a messed up childhood. But just, there was a lot of stuff. Maybe you had a perfect one. I don't know. A lot no. of bad stuff. Oh, right? Horrible. No, but of course not. He never really like analyzed it. But I think he just is like, hmm. But I think he also gets a kick off people that are out of people who are just sort of messed up or have their things. I don't know. I guess I never feel... Well, he likes to be... He probably likes to be Dr. Drew. Yeah, he does. But, you know, he's got his issues. But anyway, um, we... So, yeah, it was something about... Because my whole thing is that I feel... God, this is so... I never really talk about this, but I do feel... Oh, good. That's my favorite right? thing. Right? The best shit. The best <laughs> shit. No, is that I feel that a lot of times I feel sort of just shut down. And I've really worked on it, but, like, emotionally, I feel like I shut down at a certain age around a certain... I can attach really well with friends. I have amazing girlfriends, guy friends. Like, I love my friends. I'm so close to my family. But when it comes to, like, relationships with men, I have them. And it's funny because, like, I'm a relationship expert. And I and I, I can tell you exactly what to do in your relationship. Everyone else. But for me, and I've been in long-term relationships, but they're never quite, I don't know. It's just never, I don't know. It's just about everything. Like, the so way I feel things. you feel like you're things. shut down Yeah, I feel like I'm shut down still. And I'm like, really? After 15 years of therapy, he's like, yep. He's like, it took me, you know, whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'll try it. What, I'm always open to anything. Like, what I really shut you am. down, do you think? I think it's because I had a lot of, like, trauma. Who did I mean, My parents got divorced when I was, like, nine. And then my mom married this. I had a really abusive stepdad mm-hmm. for five years, like, six months later. She married someone who moved in, which is so messed up for kids, like, to bring someone in. Yeah. And then my dad married someone who was awful and hated my brother and I being around and accepted up. So if I'm like... 10 to 18, I think. Oh, they, they were each married three times. So I ended, I attended four of my parents' weddings wow. before I was 25. And then my dad died when I was 19 of a heart attack. So it was like just lots of stuff. 
It wasn't fun. So I didn't have a lot of positive role modeling of what healthy relationship looks like. Totally. And so that's why I think with my show, yes, the name is sex only, but I do talk a lot about relationships too because I've studied them and I've asked questions since I was a little girl. My mom was like, I drove her crazy because I was always asking questions. I was always like, how did this happen? Why did this happen? And it just, and when I was little, it sounded like I was sucking on helium. <laughs> so I talked like this and my voice was really hot. And then she said, when I got tired at the end of the night that I got really hot, and she's like, okay, two more questions and you're going to be like all day long. So I was always asking people about like relationships and being in like marriage. I don't, I've always been just fascinated by it because I didn't really have it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and so I think it makes sense that this is, you know, what I'm doing. But that's like what went down for me. And I'm, I'm actually a lot more open than I think I ever was. But then I also think the thing about therapy is that I'm definitely better than I was 10 years ago than I was a year, a year ago or more, you know, I know more myself better. But I also think that, and again, this is the religion of therapy family, that it is a lifelong process. And not that you have to go straight through your whole life. But I think it's okay to stop. Like, I haven't gone in four years. Like, I just started again, but I was in it for, like, 10 or 15. Mm-hmm. On but I feel like at different points in your life, it helps you just move past certain different things come up, different types of therapy might work for you. And I just like growing as a person. Right. Well, I have wondered that. Is therapy supposed to be the way I think I once thought of it as, like, you're in it for a finite amount of time and you work on something? Or maybe it's sort of like a massage and that it's something you go to and yeah. it makes you grow, but it also is something, like, it makes you feel better. Yeah. Like, it, it can be your, you can be a, th- I think Drew refers to himself as a therapy junkie. Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, totally. We, yeah. we, we bond on that. It's funny. I, I am, too. I mean, I'm, like, always into, I want to know, like... Yeah, I, I don't think that you're ever done. I think if you're into therapy, that you never you never stop growing, and it keeps pushing you to to. And sometimes you you get to a certain point with a therapist where you might have done all your work with them. Like, right. okay, I think I've learned all I can from you, and then you break, and then you might try someone else for a few years. But I think a lot of people get. First of all, there's so many people like just are like, I don't need it, I don't like it, I, I can never, you know, or couples who are like, I've been trying to get my partner to go, and he won't go. But I think, or they have bad experiences, but I just think, I don't know anyone who's really gotten into it. And by get into it, I'm, you know, when people are like, we tried it. I'm like, okay, how many times did you go? They're like, we went twice and we hated the therapist. It's like, don't be just, there's, therapists are like, they're humans. Like, yeah. there's, there might be one that I love and you hate. I remember I had a roommate once and I was looking for a new therapist. Like, I was like 25 and she was like, oh my God, this woman's amazing. And I went in and I was like, that woman is just not smart. She's <laughs> awful. You know, so you just, different people appeal to you in different ways. So it's like got to shop around like I heard about like someone gives you a bad haircut you're not going to go back so you bet there but you will find someone and I think that the work takes time though like it's not six sessions it's not 12 it could be a year but Mm -hmm. that's when my most growth my most like learning happened I think in therapy yes so how was Mexico with Drew and his wife (laughs) I know I always say that it was fun we um they were supposed to go for and we've traveled like we've gone I don't know we just say I love his wife been on our show it's just we're fine you know, they were supposed to go for a friend's birthday party. Cabo was blown out by the um, hurricane. Mm-hmm. So they had the tickets anyway. And we, they're like, come. It'll be fun. We've got this room. We've got the thing. I'm like, and ch- tickets are so cheap because there's no one in friggin' Cabo right now. And so my best friend from San Francisco, she came down to meet me. And, you know, it was really fun. We had like, it was very, they were there Wednesday to Sunday and I was there Friday to Sunday. And I haven't had a vacation being a workaholic in like years probably, which it was only Friday to Sunday. And it doesn't really feel like it was real, but it was. It was, great. <laughs> it was sunny and fun, and yeah, that we were dancing. Fun. And I've drinking. never been to Mexico, which is <gasps> weird, given that Mexi- I grew up in Southern California. Yeah, you sh- next I should time go. you're coming to Cabo, wherever. All right, it's fun. Count me in. Okay, fine. Vacation. Um, 
You could go on vacation and have sex with your husband, and then you wouldn't have to stress about. You need we to relax. You've heard this before, right? Like once people stop trying, they get pregnant, and you probably like once people get so. Yes, I okay to use I mean, the car. Me- no, I'm not going to use the car metaphor. Yes, I've heard that, but I feel like they're not right. <laughs> well, I feel like. That is if so. I will use the car metaphor. Okay. That's if you have a car that has gas and a functioning motor. No, I agree. I'm, I'm blown out. I'm I burned out. I, I don't it. know. No, I'm like a, you got, I'm a jalopy. No, I get it. You got to You got to You're right. But maybe once you get it fixed, you can go in. Right. That's right. right. I agree with that. Yeah. Maybe we should go to Mexico because we've been looking for a good place to go. Yeah. Um, Cabo. There's no one there. It's really cheap. Okay. Do you cook? No. Well, if you ever start to. In fact, right now, I would recommend oh, that you I check am... out Blue Apron. Do you know, have you heard of Blue Apron? No. Will they, cook for, will they bring me food? Cause... What they do is they send you everything you need to make a healthy, delicious meal. And it, it's all it's perfectly proportioned and measured out. So it's like everything you need. You oh, don't have to do any that's cutting or ever. measuring. Or, no, yeah. That's what I need because I don't know how to cook. But I'm like, where's the food fairy? They're like a food fairy, right? They're the food fairy. Oh they send God, it to this. you. Yes. And they send you, so they send you three meals and a, and a recipe card, which lays out, and it's so easy because there's all these pictures. They break down how to make the meal. So Pictures? Yes. It's so super easy to follow. Gary and Kaylin have done it. I want to do it because... It's super easy. No, yeah. It's, and it's I'm delicious. so hungry and there's never food and I'm always like... Wha- and it that, totally cuts down on, like, the cleanup time and everything because you use everything they give you. You just, like, dump the whole bag in there or whatever. It's great. Oh right. God. It's just nine ninety nine a meal. They send you a refrigerated box with the right high-quality ingredients, exact right proportions, simple step-by-step instructions right to your door. Uh, and meals are only 500 to 700 calories per serving, though you'd never get, guess it given how delicious they are. And they work around your schedule and your dietary preferences. Cooking takes about half an hour. Shipping is always free. The menu always features new recipes. This week, they have Thai chicken meatballs. They have butter-basted salmon and barley fennel risotto with fresh herbs and red walnut salad. They also have vegetarian options like butternut squash and caramelized fennel pizza with creamy bechamel mm. and creamery goat cheese. Okay, this is making me way too hungry. I'm Looking so, at all I, of do this. Do you have any hair? Can we eat now? I know. I love this idea. It's so good. You cook incredible meals and you'll be blown away by the quality and the freshness. So you guys can see what's on the menu this week and get your first two meals free. First two meals free by going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Again, that is two meals free just for going to blueapron.com slash Allison. Okay. Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something. All right. Jeff Dodson says, just me or everyone, feel slightly disappointed when I'm in an empty movie theater and somebody walks in right as the movie starts. Mm. Sure. Mm. It's been so long since I've been in an empty movie theater. Gotta go start seeing movies in the middle of the day on a weekday. I know. So you, I feel like it would actually be, I think I I prefer when someone comes in. Yeah. I don't. He's empty, like literally empty, like no one else is there. You know, you gotta expect that someone else is gonna come in late. I mean, if they came in really late and they were loud, if they sat in front of you, but. Or right next to you, how weird would that be? Yeah. See, that's the thing. They always, they always sit too close to me in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Even if it's 12 seats away, it's like you have a whole theater. Exactly. Right. I was here first. Go up that to the, would bug me. But one person, eh? I don't think so. Yeah. Amber Mitchell says, is it just me or everyone? Every time I see a work van with no windows, I think it's a van for kidnapping kids. No, I don't think that. No. I always think of the OJ van, though, sometimes. Or, well, no, I got it. <laughs> this is terrible. I kind of do. <laughs> That's My good. My friends in San Francisco are like, 
It's a ra- oh, this is terrible. Rapist van? Rape van. They're like, that's a rape van. Like, why, why is he driving a rape van? So, yeah, I kind of do sometimes think of that. Why is he driving a rape van? Like, have you dated a guy? No, who, but, like, oh. if we see a van, they're like, that's totally a rape van. Right. But that's, rape isn't funny to say that about a van. <laughs> but, yeah. It's we that. make all sorts of jokes like that. It's okay, fine. Good. People get so upset with rape. I don't mean that they're <laughs> raping everyone. Rape is a horrible thing. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to let you talk. <laughs> Chris yeah. Westland says... Just mirror everyone. Adam has been shitting on Gary even more than usual lately. Gary, you want to chime in? I don't know if I agree with that. Because you feel like it's a constant? (laughs) I think I'm going to let my original statement stand. Okay. Just Dawn says, well, I will will say when it does – no, I feel like there was a couple weeks in there where there were a lot of requests that were difficult and he was getting frustrated. But I feel like it's better lately. That's what I'm going to say about that. How about that? Okay. Just. (laughs) I know nothing good comes of talking about this. Just Dawn says, just me or everyone. The last thing I do before turning off the shower is rinse off the soap and soap tray. Hashtag no dried suds. That's smart. I don't ever do that. No, never. But you should. I rinse off the soap, but I use the liquid soap. But I had a boyfriend in college when I used to go visit him. He gets so mad because I'm kind of – I come back and the soap would be in the soap – remember, like, in the dorms or whatever, and you put it in the tray. And he's like, why don't you rinse off the soap? It was like a thing like because it was all sudsy in the soap container coming back to the I dorm. feel like rinsing off the soap would just create more of what you're trying to rinse off though, right? I know. Yeah, it Gary, would. I feel like you're a pretty time. clean shower person. Would yeah, you use I, body stopped, wash? I stopped using bar soap a long time ago. Yeah, that's the thing. Just use the liquid and you're fine. Yeah. You guys are talking about – Body, body wash, wash right? Body wash, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Body wash. I'm a bar soap gal. I don't mind it. I mean, I, but I find that I have to be much more particular with the bar soap that I use compared to body wash. I can go buy shit body wash and I don't know the difference. Interesting. Yeah, I use bar soap because I've, I've talked about this fascinating subject before. I have <laughs> sensitive skin. So yeah. my skin will get real like peely and dry. Oh, oh, all this all over my body. Thank you. My skin will get peely and dry if I use... Bars. And if I use like Dial or one of the, I use Dove for sensitive skin. Yeah, that's the one I would use if I was using a bar soap. We've talked extensively about my shower squeegee thing. (laughs) Yes. There is nothing worse than when I'm at like a hotel or visiting somebody's house and I'll use their bar soap and I go to do it and I get like four inches down and my hand just stops because my skin's so dry. Right. Uh, I hate that. Oh, right. Because you rub this bar along your skin. Yeah. I lather it up. I don't think that the lather, it's the soap. Because I've done it with a washcloth before. Right. It's the soap. All right. Soap can be drying. Kaylin, soap or body wash? I go back and forth, actually. Really? Yeah, I use body wash, like, in the morning or if I'm about to go out. Because it's scented? Yeah, exactly. But if I'm, like, just coming home from working out or something, then I just use Dove soap because I don't want to waste the body wash. You wow. So you're going to use the, like, three ninety nine thing so that you don't waste the $0.99 cent thing? I think it's the other way around. Is body wash more expensive? Body wash is not cheap. And you go uh, through yeah, it you more. Go through, you go through body wash way faster. You like do. a bar of soap is one of those things that it's hard to overuse, whereas body wash right. is the thing you overuse every single time. Yeah, so so I use body wash when I'm about to go out. I use soap after I've come back. Oh, like when you think you're going to get some action or something? Exactly. Gotcha. What scent body wash do you guys get? Because just today I suddenly had a smell memory of when I moved into my first apartment. And for a little while, I was using, I don't know what it was, like Irish Spring or Lever or something that had a really good smell. This is before I had to switch to the unscented, sensitive skin, boring soap. 
but I miss the smell of full full yeah. smell soap. I remember that. I remember the the smell of like the what did guy yeah lever or not was it lever or was I think it, it was lever two thousand yeah. or something like yeah. that. I, I know there is a much more like pungent pungent smell. right. So yeah. yeah, what scent body wash do you guys use? I actually don't know what it's called. It's I use the Dove body, the Dove for men thing, and they have like a blue one and a green one. I right, think that's a, good actually. I, I, I use that a, in guy showers. Yeah, I've, I've a, showered in a guy shower. They have a, I think they might have a few other colors, but right now I'm on blue. I switch between the blue and the green. Hmm. I'm Are on they, yellow. I do uh, Dove yellow. Okay, yeah. but I switch between yellow and green. So. Are they okay. like mountain? The green or ocean is like or? the green is like Irish Spring, and then the blue is like a like a clean soap smell. It's better than cologne, though. I wonder if I could use Dove body wash because yeah. Dove oh, really is pretty. Totally. Yeah, you yeah. use the bar soap? Yeah. Well, yeah. I use the one for sense oh, and, and skin. I but I make that too. They do. I mm-hmm. have this thing that I'm, well, I brought you to my, the massage candle. It's called Emily and Tony is my brand. And I have this thing called Down Under Comfort and it's for men and women. Anywhere you sweat. So when you get pregnant, like anywhere. But women, a lot of pregnant women like it. You know, boobs sweat, but men like beneath, between your legs, like men use talcum powder a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So they're like keep fresh and dry but it actually doesn't work because it's carcinogenic and messy and it's called that under comfort because it, it anywhere you sweat it keeps you fresh and dry it's a cream it turns to powder and I brought you guys some that you oh, can try thank you. and then it's vegan cream for your balls it's cream for your balls Perfect. and your lower back breast sweat anyway you know how to woo guy. that fresh <laughs> I do and you never know like if you're going to get action or not so then you're like oh no, I'm I always fresh do. I'm always surprised are you married no and you never get action no, he's saying no, he's saying, always surprised. I never know when I'm going to. Right. So like, this way I'm you're like, shocked. uh-oh. Because people just aren't hygienic. It's like people's number one complaint about sex. So then, anyway, you, you won't be sweaty. I'm nice. just saying. Thank you very Perfect. much. It ties into the, the wash. All right. Christina says, just me or everyone, always watch TV with captions or movies with subtitles so I don't miss out on anything I may not have heard. Yes, I've talked about this. My favorite. It's my favorite way to watch, to oh. read as well. Uh, I've turned into that person. I just find it challenging to understand exactly what they're saying, and I just—it's like that comfort of being able to read it. Oh, so if you're like walking around the house and stuff, or just in general, not just even if I'm just sitting right there. I—I <laughs> I don't know what it is. Well, you know what it is. Also, I think that Daniel and I often watch TV while we're eating. We eat dinner. This is how civilized we are. We make our food and then we bring it to the couch and then we watch TV while we eat because we always people, are. Yeah, right. we eat pretty late. So I think some of it is that sometimes it's hard to hear over chewing. Right. Or the clinking. Yes. You got to get up and get water. And then, right. Yeah, you can still see what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So I just like to watch it with, uh, with the captions on. Got it. Bobo says, realize I'm listening to a super sh- shitty song halfway through it and immediately turn it off in disgust. Just mirror everyone. I've done this before. Yes. I, I've gotten a lot. I've done a lot worse. Yeah. Which is I've- what? Listen all the way. No, like, let a Pandora station go on, like, two or three songs without realizing somebody took my phone and changed it to something terrible. But I just assume, like, well, it'll get better after this one. And then I, like, back it out, and it's on, like, I don't even know what's bad, One Direction Radio or something. Yeah. Something <laughs> awful. I have a Just Mirror Everyone that kind of links these last two together. Okay. Um, I don't watch TV with the captions on that much, although I like it every time I do. But I've started going back and watching, have you seen these new, like, lyric music videos? It's like a... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sound old, but at least in the last few years, I've noticed them where instead of actually having a music video, somebody will just edit together like a really clever visual thing that just as the person saying each word, it'll like go onto the screen, but in a very like cool, interactive way that's like sort of like the song. I found myself watching those anytime I like a song, and inevitably I find out that I thought 20% of what the song said didn't say that. No, I haven't done that. Is it? The video, but someone adds words or something no, different? No, it's just basically, it's just straight up graphical. So it would be like, it's it's like 
if karaoke became like ridiculously stylized. Oh. Like So it's the song with words on the screen. Correct. The audio of the song and then there's like a visual adaptation of like, you know, oh. words on the screen. But do you listen to all the words of every songs and you're like, Oh, this is what it means and I thought it meant this and it didn't mean that? I, I, sometimes I'm just more into the I'm not it's not so much about the meaning as much as singing along. I'll, I'll watch it and <laughs> right, realize like, oh, that like say- Oh, I didn't I did I just misunderstood that line and now these now three parts the all light. link up, like, and right. they make sense. Whereas I thought it was just a good song before, like, there actually is, you know. Got it. Right. In fact, on the Adam Carolla show, the Rotten Tomatoes songs, a few, a, a couple lines in there that I don't know what they are. Oh, I know it by heart. Okay. Do you have to, like, pretend that you do or no? No, no, no. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I can probably play it. Let's see. Rotten or Fred. Um, the gang makes picks. And then whatever it says after the gang makes picks, I don't know what it is. An atchety something, maybe? Let me see if I can find the song real okay. fast. I will move on while you do that. Katie Shrum says, just me or everyone, when I see the moon out during the day, it reminds me of Star Wars, and I wonder if I'm a farmer on Tatooine. Star Wars. Hashtag Star Wars. Hashtag nerd. No, but I enjoy seeing... Well, it's always weird, actually, to see the moon out in yeah. the daytime. Yeah. No, I don't... I'm not nerd enough. Yeah. My next life. All right. Donna M. Martin says, when I have a job interview or need to go to a new doctor's office, I do a drive-by a few days before so I know just where to go. Just me everyone. That is so smart. I wish I did that. I wish I did stuff like that, too. I don't. God. If I'm early, sometimes I'll do a drive-by. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> to figure like, out. I was early here. The first time I've ever been early because my sister was like, you, it's going to take you an hour. It took you 20 minutes. But yeah. Were you coming from the west side? Yeah. Well, my office is in Hollywood. It wasn't that far. Right. She's like, it's going to be an hour. Leave now. And I was here early. I'm like, I'm just going to meditate. But yeah, that's my, my mom would do something like that. Like plan ahead, make right. sure you don't get lost. That's smart. I love it. I wish I did that. And then finally, Mike says, "Just me or everyone? When buying alcohol, I'll find myself acting like a hey, I'm totally not an alcoholic, and I've got it together for the clerk. Um, yeah, I love that. I totally, I've done that. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's just you know, people coming over. Does this do you think this is good? I love vodka because it's for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. What about yeah. you guys? Do you do that when you're buying alcohol? I actually don't know alcohol that well, but do you I've not had, drink? I, I know I'm a drinker, but I'm not a big drinker, and I I, I wish I, I actually don't like the taste of alcohol. I can drink wine, but I I don't love the taste of alcohol, which is it sounds weird, but it's like I can't have like one drink. So I actually was trying to party. Alcohol really. tastes really, it tastes bad, really but good, I never yeah. like you think through college I would have gotten used to it <laughs> as most people do in college, and I just. Yeah. Ugh. So I was at Bevmo recently, and I was trying to buy some whiskey because I knew I was like trying to get the variety. I'm like, they're like, I'm like, well, whiskey or scotch? Like, what's the difference? And they're like, at Bevmo, I'm like, you don't. I'm like, I don't get it though. Like, what's more common? They're like, well, it depends. I'm like, someone's <laughs> fucking help me. I don't know. I don't have whiskey. What'd you scotch. end up buying? Neither. I got. I'm really bad at decision making. I'm like, I'm just gonna get a lot of vodka and what else? Did I get wine. I didn't know. Maybe I got whiskey. I got whiskey because that's more common. He said. I yes. finally got someone to like, it depends. Like, they wouldn't answer me. I'm like, okay, but if you walk into someone's house and they have one or the other, like, is it more likely they'll have whiskey? Because I was having, like, ten friends over, which I never do. Right. And whiskey you can mix. Yeah. Your stuff more than but scotch. I just, I'm like, I need to know my alcohol more. Anyway. It's on the list. There you go. To become a better drinker. Yeah. Did you find the song? I think so. Give me just a second here. Okay. Because that is the end of Just Me or Everyone. I like Just Me or Everyone. It's pretty fun. I feel like what I feel like Kaylin needs a little help with meeting girls. Oh yeah, 
And I feel like this we have a true. we have someone who is That's a relationship a expert and sex well, expert right right here. Maybe we should just first things first. Play this song first. Oh no! Which, oh, you want to play that? No, no, no. First, no. Things, he needs to coming? meet the girl first before the relationship. Or no. Well, let's. Oh, I see what you're saying. Oh, I never the song. Okay, I'm no, so not confused in charge. on what's coming. No, what's, what's coming on? is you talking about your situation and Emily helping you. You can talk to me. I won't tell anyone. It's between us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take it away. Go for it. <laughs> no, seriously. No, 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 no. This is more interesting. No, just kidding. Oh, okay, okay, what do you want me to talk about? I want to know what. So, are you are you dating? No. Okay. I don't, I don't know where to meet girls. Oh, you don't. Or how to talk to them. Okay. Or how to keep talking. This is so. This is like <laughs> this again. Is this very very common? Uh, a lot of guys, which I didn't even realize until I started doing my show, because as women, we usually get you know the men that we meet are the ones who are the ones who have confidence to talk to us. But there's all these really nice men like you who are like. Nice and like, look how cute Handsome he is too. And cute. Yeah. Girls would love you, but Thank it's you. the paralysis of you can't even get to the talking to them. Just too. It is too pr- much in the head. I have to tell you, you're in the head. Like, what if she says? She probably has a boyfriend. She's going to say no. She's going to reject me. But here's the thing: it's practice. It's like exercising any other muscle. And the more that you just practice, like if I gave you an assignment, will you do it? Sure. So for the next week or two, when you're ever you're out, like I don't care if you're like getting coffee or you're. I don't know what you do. Do you go to the gym? Do you do, yeah. you, do, you do things? Go out with your friends? I don't go out a just lot. Practice no. just saying hi, talking talking to women. Like even the ones that you're not attracted to, actually, you can start with that. Or men, just make mostly women, but striking up conversations with people you don't know. Just like, and, and there's a method, okay? You observe something. So, first of all, just say hi or just say hi to a woman. Like, hey, what's going on? You having a good night? And I'm telling you, you might feel like you're going to die because that's probably how it feels. Sure. And she might be like, whatever, and look at you. But I think the thing with men is that they're so afraid of rejection. And you realize that, yeah, you're going to get rejected a lot. There's a lot of women who are going to be like, dude, I'm talking to my friends or whatever. But you don't, you're not going to die. Like, nothing bad's going to happen to you if they don't talk back or whatever. But then you'll get comfortable just having the conversations with women. You just, just talk to them. Just talk to women, like, random. They're like, hey, so, you know. And the good thing to do is when you're talking to them, besides just saying the hello. So I just want you to, like, say hello and try to start strike up a conversation. But a great thing to do is to observe something. Like, there's, like, three things. Like, observe something. So let's say you're standing in line for coffee. And you don't want to ask a yes or no. You don't want to say something yes or no. You want to, first of all, no, starting with the observe. Guys, there's always, like, this long, like, doesn't even work. It's, like, 10 o'clock. There's always this long line this part of the day. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. She was like, yeah, I know. It's weird. And then you want to ask a question, but you don't want to ask a yes or no question, okay? Because then she could just be like, yes or no. You're like, do you think it's weird that, you know, everyone, it seems like everyone in L.A. does it. Rather than saying, like, so, do you come here often? She'd be like, yeah or no. Never been here. Then you could say, it's kind of strange, isn't it? That, like, everyone in L.A. seems to be in coffee shops during the day. and the, or, or do you find, wait, wait, So just be, like, kind of annoyed guy at the coffee shop. Yeah, I'm just saying, or, like, make a question <laughs> that we have to ever give an answer. I'm not explaining this very well. No, But I, not a yes or no. And then, true. yeah, so you want to observe something. Then you want to, like, ask a question that is not, you know, a yes or no. And then you want to engage and then, like, have her, like, then you'll start a conversation with her. And, like, it's, it's, there's no pickup lines that work. There's no, like, special sauce, special formula. I mean, you probably have friends, right? Good friends? No. No friends? I don't have any friends in this world. I'm so lonely. No, but I bet you do. He has friends. friends. So I'm sure people like you, you're on on a radio show, you have a job. So there are times when you're super comfortable, right? When you're with your friends. I've actually never seen that. Him with friends? No, I've never seen him super comfortable. (laughs) Right. I have. It happens. I'm just kidding. It happens. But when you're in that groove, when you're just hanging with your friends, like, you can get to that point when you're just 
like that's what you want to get to is that confident you when you're with your friends, when you're with a woman, just a woman. Like we guys put so much weight on like they, they create the all these stories and the line and how do I approach it? Da-da. But women can read that. So if you're just, I mean, the goal and the number one most attractive thing to women is confidence. And it's almost like if you got to fake it, you make it and you just got to go up to me like, hey, hi. And you're not not like Mr. Aloof guy, but just be like, hey, nice smile. Practice it; it will be so much easier. Yeah, like the, I think the mo- that makes sense. The most attractive or a very attractive thing to a woman is if the guy's vibe is like, "I'm having a great time. I'm going to this party, figuratively, right? Whether you come or not, but I'm going to chat with you on the way. Exactly. Or like it's a, like he's not going to live or die by your response, right? Exactly. You're just joining in on his good mood. Yeah, and another great thing to do, exactly, and this, so once you get the date and you're going to get the numbers because you're going to start meeting women, you're like, hey, we should totally, you know, let's hang out sometime. Um, I, some people say get their email. I think that's kind of like, because someone might be freaked out by, by phone numbers right away, but you can see how it goes if you're really hitting it off. Men, you should like, and again, I hate to advocate texting, but that's all anyone does. Like my full-on relationships I have now are all texting, but it bugs me. But you can be like, <laughs> Saturday night, we are going to this awesome uh, – Saturday night, okay, you're coming with me to this amazing thing at 8 o'clock. I have to pick you up. My favorite band, my favorite restaurant, whatever. And then you just make it like – Favorite episode it, of yeah, Maury. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, we're okay, going out. We're going out. And you don't even give her an option. Like women just like a man who has a plan. That's true. That actually – that actually right? is think? yes. The okay, idea see? of a for some there's some for some reason a guy being charge. like we're going out da 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 there's something so yeah, exhilarating yeah, yeah. about but that. Women say that, but like when you're in Kaylin's position, and I'm speaking for you, and please correct me if no, I'm wrong, but I feel like I've been there. That sounds like what you guys are describing is some fucking kidnapper shit. No, 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 no. You've already. If tried you're not it. in the place that you've got the confidence to pull that move off, which oh, you, will get, you will get there, you will get there. But if you're not, road. if We're you just have talking to, be, to women now, you have to be comfortable and confident before yeah. you can try that move. Because no, if, if you, you try it and you're not sure, I'm just they'll smell ahead. that shit and yes. they'll fucking devour you. But True. If you yeah. But right. let's say you guys start talking about a common interest. You'd be like, "Have you? Oh my god, you've never been to the so and so. We have to go there." Guys do that to me all the time. Like they have. Like when I've been out, they're like. I'm totally gonna. I gotta send you this article about this, or I'm gonna text you this thing, and 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 you remember what they say, and you have to be a good listener. And women like to talk about this, so everyone likes to talk about themselves. So ask questions. You don't. So that's good. Can you ask? You ask questions, and remember what they said and said. Oh my God, you've never been to this. So once you find a common ground, because you will. There's always a way to find a common ground, and then you bring that up again, or I'm gonna send you this, or let me get your email. I'll, I've had a lot of guys be like, oh, I'll get your email, and I'm going to send you this great thing about this. Or you've never heard of it? You've got to watch this movie. I'm going to send you what's your email. And then you get it. Like, there's ways to do it that it sort of doesn't seem creepy. You know who's really selfish. good at talking to strangers and striking up conversation? And I've noticed this is a person. I'll say his name in a second. <laughs> like, amazing free shit seems to befall him everywhere. He People just hook hook him up with stuff all over the place. I was on a plane with him, and he... Uh, like he got upgraded, even though they were charging people to upgrade, they like gave him a free upgrade thing in a real right. like roundabout way. It's Dawson, who you don't know, but who okay. we work. Have you noticed that all this free shit happens to Dawson all why? the time? And I was trying to figure out why. And I think it is because he probably strikes up conversation with people. He's not act, act, actively... I don't think asking for stuff, although maybe he is. I think it's that he makes conversation with people everywhere. Yeah. 
And I and that is a good Maybe so, he's asking for some stuff. But he's doing it in the context of also making small talk. Right. Like he cuz I love those people who can go through and make everyone feel good throughout their day and have conversations. I'm not one of them. I do not make conversation with people at the grocery store. Right. I mean, maybe I, don't I do. Store, and when I do, I I'm do. like, look how charming I am. But right. it's not my default setting. No, that is a great tactic to get. Like, you want to, like, be nice to the person at the airlines. So you get upgrade. Be nice. To, I don't want to make chit-chat with people at the, wherever. But when you want something and you want it, it's a good tool to yeah. practice chatting to people. And they might give you, yeah. They may be able to give you something. But especially, like, well, Drew was laughing because at the hotel, I, I sort of do have that way, like, of getting the upgrades and getting the rooms and getting whatever because I'm like, I don't know. I just talked about it. I'm like, I won't take no for an answer either. And I also, if I'm not happy in my room, I'm like, he's like, but you won't. Like, everyone's like, no, you can't. I'm like, watch this. I'm like, did it upgrade. What'd you do? Because I'm, per- I'm that person at a hotel who... Sits in the bedroom or no? No, 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 no. Angry. I'm that person who, like, my husband knows not to unpack right away because the first room we're yes, in is not where we're going to end up. And his initially, he was like, don't you realize this eats up a lot of the vacation? And then, but then he's like, but we always end up in a much better room. Always. Like, exactly. No, always. It's You're important. just like, you know, it's really, la- you know, I really need a quiet room. I mean, is there anything, you know, anything you can do? I, you know, I, I, my, I'm here with a bunch of friends. We really want to have a good time. Like, do you have anything? And they have so much power. If it, if the hotel is not booked up, right. it's nothing to them. And worst comes worse, you slip them a $20 bill. Well, see, I always Depends do that. That's and in that, Las that's, Vegas. I, I feel learned. like I've wasted a lot of money. I feel they like don't I do anything? waste a lot of money that way, though. Yeah. Really? Not yeah. right away. You've got to know the person and right. the right thing. Is there anything I can do? And then you got. But this is in Vegas where I've had this sex toy conference that I have to go to beer, <laughs> which I actually love. It's really fun. Sounds crazy. How could it not be fun? Twice a year, but we have to stay at this terrible, terrible hotel. It's called the Rio. And it's That's terrible. It's so funny that I was, someone was just complaining about the Rio to me the they other day. They probably went to a sex toy conference here because there's no other reason to go there. But we have to stay there because it's a conference, whatever. And the rooms are so bad. So I learned from this, and I don't know if this works ever, but you're like, you're like, can you get me? In a, and every year I get like upgraded to like suites and stuff. But I think that would work for other the same places. price. But even the other day when we were in Mexico, like there's this, yeah, but no, for the same exact price because to them, they're not making twenty dollars right. to them is probably what they were making like an hour, you know, maybe right. less than that an hour. And if you're nice to them and you smile, and like like even when I was in New York, I have this my product line, so I was staying with um. I wanted to upgrade because I was staying in this really nice hotel, but the room was creaky and old and smelled and mildewy. And I was like, oh, I've, I can't live in here. I, I get like, I'm like so uncomfortable. That's me. And then she said, well, let me check tomorrow. And I said, okay. And then like I gave her, I have a lot of products. So like I, I gave her my candle, like one of my candles and I gave her whatever. And then the next day she upgraded me and then I brought her all that because my, my partner with my Emily and Tony's, he owns Anthony's Skincare for Men. It's a big skincare line. So I brought her, I left her this huge care package. She's like, anytime you come back, you know, it's just... It's just nice to, like, you know, I guess it's kind of right, but it also makes him feel good, you know? Do you, okay, you check into a room, you don't like the room. Do I'm you out. call down or do you go down? I go down. Well, if it's really bad, like the lights don't work and it's flooding, I will call. But if it's like, I know I can do better than this and this room is just loud and it smells like smoke, I will go down or whatever it is. I will go down. And face then to face, you will, face see, now face. I'm asking your advice. No, this is good. And then you will say to them, is there any way you can get me into a better room? Or like, how no. do you do it? Say, so, you know what? I, I can't stay in that room. You actually don't give them the option of saying no. And oh. this is just a good negotiating you know, in life. You're just like, um, yeah, that room is just, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to work for me. It's just, it's really like, it's really small. I saw on your website, I mean, I'm a really good customer. I, I travel a lot and I've just never actually seen a room like that. So I need to move to a higher floor. So just let me know. You know, let me know. I'm sorry, ma'am. We're full. I'm like, 
really like there's nothing because I just I mean for what for what we're paying and we just flew in. I mean I just I'm really hoping you you know there's something. Are you sure you sure you just you're nice about it. Don't ever be an ass. Once you're an asshole, you're a jerk. Like you're mm-hmm. not going to get anything in life. So I would just I never ask. They always say like ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. I'm sort of like I just assume it's going to happen. And you, uh, but how do you get? <clears throat> Okay. How do you get? How do you not end up just with another room in that same level, but like maybe in a different? Well, but part? maybe if it or maybe that's with, better actually. But maybe it's just better. Like right. and sometimes they can't. Sometimes they really are booked up. Like sometimes, like if you're in New York, like they really don't have any other rooms, and they do the best they can. Or we can move you tomorrow, which is annoying because you want to unpack. Like I have to right. unpack the second I get the <laughs> Everything, like because I don't know where things are. It makes me crazy. And I'm like, I don't want to move tomorrow. But usually you get at least a floor up or something because there's always a cancellation. There's always right. there's always extra rooms in case, you know, like Brad Pitt shows up. I don't know. They've got friggin' rooms. And they can do whatever they want. And so I just, you know, and it was funny because even in this Mexico thing, there's this three-day, well, this hotel we were at had a three-day, um, uh, what's it called, all-inclusive meals for like 100 bucks a day. You got all, any, all the food, all the drink, but you, it was a three-day minimum. Well, my friend and I weren't there, like, Drew and his wife were there for five days, right. but I was only there for two days, really. They're like, sorry, three-day minimum. So Drew's like, yeah, three-day minimum. So I'm like, I'll get this. So I go down there. Then he's like, okay, let's watch it. Like, it kind of became a joke. And I'm like, hi, so um, I need to get the three. We need my friend and I, my girlfriend, I'm like, we need to get the, th- the min- we need to get the, the, the all-included, all-inclusive for a day. Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. No, it's like three days. I'm like, yeah, I know, but we're not here for three days. We're only here for a day. So... Yeah, I just need to get it for a day. I mean, you know, can, can we do that? I, I'd be happy to, um, you know, talk about your tell, invite a review and trip advisor. I'll tweet about it. I have, I have a lot of Twitter followers. Like, you know, whatever. Like, twit, you know, tweet. And he was like, the manager was there kind of looking behind her. He's like, okay, okay. But if you don't bring these back, the wrist, they give you wristbands like you're at a club. Before 11, I'll charge you. I'm like, okay, thank you. Thank you. I worked out. I don't know. I think that you, I don't know. I'm traveling like with you next Jew time. right now. I mean, it's like such a, like, you know, but I also feel like, why wouldn't they want it? You know, and then I tipped them. Like, why? I don't know. Right. Like, they have the power. They do. People don't tell us of power. You shouldn't have to. If you're paying for a room, they're expensive. You should be happy. I, I'm a customer. Well, I totally agree with you. Right. I'm, like, I'm just I, seeing if you have better ways than I do. That, I don't know. I'm Sounds to, like you do. Yeah. No, I, I think that's good. And a lot of it you have to do when you get there. So, yes. like, at first in Vegas, I started paying more for the room. And people were like, no, no, no. You got to, like, just pay the cheapest and they'll upgrade you. At this Rio, which is no one wants to stay there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not at the cosmopolitan, but I think it works everywhere. I think it does. I think you're right. I should write a book. Yes. Travel with Emily. <laughs> my mom's like, really? Are you going to be talking about blowjobs when you're 60? Is that really what you're going to do? That's my mom. She's saying that to me lately. Guess I might be talking about blowjobs, but maybe I'll talk about traveling travel or sewing <laughs> with Emily. No, I don't know. I don't sew, but I'd like to. All right. I think we have the song. Now, to explain for listeners who are like, what are you talking about? We do this game on the Adam Carolla show where Matt Atchity from Rotten Tomatoes comes in and then we try to figure out the scores of movies. I'm not doing a good job of explaining it, but there's a theme song we always play ahead of time, which is a very good song, but I'm not sure what some of the words are. Okay, so let's (laughs)
Here we go. He names the flicks and the gang makes flicks mad at Judy. He's a schlubby guy and when he drops by, the gang has to guess. Do the critics scores make him rotten or fresh? Okay, what? The critics go slamming? <laughs> to the, the gang really? has to guess. Do to the, the critic scores make it rotten or fresh? Oh. Here, I'll play it for you again. That's the part I never knew. The gang has to guess. Do the critic scores make it rotten or fresh? Do the critic scores make it rotten or fresh? I thought okay. he was saying the gang. Now you have to sing it. The gang time. has to guess <laughs> to the greatest scores they get rotten or fresh or something. Anyway, now I know this is sort this of is like the, the theme song to Golden Girls. I thought it was, and the heart attack will say, thank you for being a friend. But it's, and the card attached will say. <laughs> well, Emily Morris. Because they're old, because, you know, heart attack. Yeah, it, it made <laughs> yeah, sense in contact. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on my show. Yes. This has been super fun. Thank you. Tell for- everyone. Okay. Where they should go to they find you. They should go to sexwithemily.com. You can download. Well, iTunes is really easy. I do two podcasts a week. And you can find them there or sexwithemily.com. Every day I upload my site with information about sex tips, relationships, blogs, all that stuff. And also Facebook is uh, like me. Sex with Emily is my page. And Twitter is at Sex with Emily. And Instagram is at Sex with Emily. And if you have any sex and relationship questions, you can email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. Perfect. And I would recommend buying your book and doing it by clicking through the Amazon yeah. banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. Do it. Uh, or anything you're going to buy on Amazon. That's how I would recommend getting it. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help out the show. Thank you so much for all of your Amazon support. You can follow. Oh, wait, no. I'm not there yet. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. I mean, you could meet people the way Emily recommends, or you could just get this ringtone, and then in a public place, if if it goes off, someone will be like, oh, hey, what's that? And maybe they'll also be a fan of the show, and then you can strike up conversation that way. That's kind of what I would recommend. You can get that by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone. In the iTunes store, we have two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the Thursday gang. Those, those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. For Kaylin... Don't worry about me. We won't worry about him. Dot com. Why? As a matter of fact. Oh, yeah. Someone just. Yeah, that's a thing. What is it? Someone tweeted it's me like, that. I it's got about like that. his, like, Kaylin Corner shit. It's got a bio of him. It's got, like, pictures of us off other people's Instagrams. It's no. really weird. There's a picture of all of us in our Halloween costumes up there. How funny. I'm going to have to check that out. It's interesting. Are it's you. Interesting. Don't worry about me. Dot com. Are you flattered or creeped out? Yes. Uh, a bit of both. <laughs> I, I think love that's it. The, I think that's the appropriate response, by the way. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you. You're going to be on my show, too. Promise. I will. I will do that. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show?
Now that the show's over, don't forget to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. Go to blueapron.com and see what's on the menu this week. To get your first two meals free, make sure you go to blueapron.com slash allison. That's blueapron.com slash allison.